0: Uh, growing up like that, I can imagine, ha- was complex. Yeah, man. Um, what, 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 you, what did you want to grow up to be? <laughs> you know, in that, did you want to grow up to be like your dad, who was just basically flipping properties and figuring how to hustle his way through life?
1: Well, you know, as it, with every beautiful, successful Mexican-American story, you know, my folks split up, so...
0: Oh, of course. <laughs> the, 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 the Yeah, usually... <laughs> Usually uh, strong families find divorce in the U.S.
1: Yes, yes. This, that, so, you know, once everything kind of came into a, a foot, you know, my mom caught wind that, you know, my pops was, you know, enjoying.
0: The secret family? Yeah. <laughs> Not whole secret families or secret family. Did he go into secret families? There? I, no,
1: no, not a full family, but just you know. Yeah, yeah You know, indulging in, in a lot and you know.
0: Dude, dude, he was a Mexican with fucking blue eyes. Give blue
1: him, eyes, money, him, and him. finally had a you know residency in the U.S. None of
0: that matters. His blue eyes.
1: <laughs> That's all that matters. It's the
0: fucking, it's those damn blue eyes. His fucking damn blue eyes, like John Sebastian. You know who John Sebastian is?
1: Claro, don't, dude. Dude, yeah.
0: That guy was about that big. <laughs> But he had green
1: eyes. He's our Tom Cruise, bro. He, he was that big,
0: <laughs> but he had green eyes.
1: That's he,
0: it. Do you remember that song? Cruzaré los montes, los barros. He wrote that to Selma Hayek.
1: Damn. Because
0: he thought he had a shot. Oh,
1: we, all, we, all felt, we all wrote a song for Selma though. It's because <laughs> he has
0: green eyes and he's Mexican. That's the only reason he thought he had a shot.
1: And That's he, our six feet. Right, <laughs> it's like you're either six foot, like us, brown. You could be, or you're green eyed, blue eyed, and five two. Either way, be, the guy that you're still scoring. You could be scoring. a
0: Mexican Hobbit, with
1: green eyes, and you're still you're dude. You're gonna you're clapping cheeks. You're figuring out.
0: <laughs> so, so, your dad is.
1: So my, you know, my mom catches wind, and you know, this is still like early, like old school Mexican enough to where like she like turned the blind eye, and then finally it was to the point where it's like I, I can't turn the blind yeah. eye anymore. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. So my folks split up, what, and where did you, who who did you go with? I stayed with my mom. I stayed with my mom.
0: Was that uh, a, was that a choice or? A-
1: it was. I think it was just kind of the best for that situation. And at, I think at the time, my pops just wanted to. You know, he was just like, "All right, take the kids for a bit. You know, well, let
0: me figure it out."
1: Yeah, and it, it was one of those things did where, that, like, what, you did know, that do,
0: what did that do to you? Like,
1: so it it's the first time, like, when you're a kid, like, you know you never expect for your folks to split up, yeah. right? You think, like, that's your bedrock, right? And then once they break up, you realize that, like, oh, now you got to deal with life, and the bedrock that you thought you had is now fundamentally cracked forever. So
0: basically you have to mature really fast.
1: You do have to mature. Because really now, now it's like now your dad's not home every day, yeah. you know? Like, you grow up with two parents, all of a sudden you feel shielded from the world, Yeah, you know? Um, and then now when you have one parent and then you see them struggling, you know, you're observed. And then, you know, as a kid, you know why your parents split up. They try to tell you, oh, mom, things, mom. And then you're like, no, like, I know like my mom would, you know, be crying, you know, and then, you know, my dad would like hide girlfriends or like when he would get a phone call on his cell phone, you know, like the early Motorola.
0: What type of cell phone did he have? The
1: early Motorola's. Dude. You know what I mean? Like the
0: StarTac ones. Remember those? The little... It looked like a little flip phone, but it was about that big. Gave yes. You, probably yes. gave you cancer. You know, some, oh, yeah. Dude, you would. You those would,
1: phones uh, always had signal, though. You can hit somebody
0: over the head with those. My dad tried <laughs> to do that once with somebody. Um, so then, yeah. Insecurity. It's no more bedrock. You're trying to figure shit out. Now
1: you're mature. So then at that point, um, my folks split up and my mom. You know, decides that she wants to just get out as far away from San Antonio as possible from Texas. So she decides to just come out to L.A. Just because, you know, that's other than that's you know, a that's, that's a, our tr- journey. That's a drastic ass change. That's a journey though for a lot of Mexicans. Is yeah, heading to L.A. Heading
0: to Los Angeles. Yes, Los Angeles. That's a, That's
1: our destination, dude. The it's Angels. Like, Yes, that's our North Star. You know, like how the three wise men saw the star and they yeah, had to, uh, That's you, our North yeah, Star. Yeah, there
0: used to be an eagle you know, with a snake in his mouth. <laughs> and that's a homeless guy somewhere in Skid Row, I guess.
1: Chewing on his own foot. <laughs> just a homeless <laughs> man with his own foot in his mouth just like this snake. With a fucking needle. <laughs> with a bone sticking. <laughs> yeah. on,
0: uh, on top of one of those palm trees, I guess. Um, why LA? It, it, it she, was, just,
1: she just she, wanted to live in a big city. And again, now this is like the 90s, right? So it's like... I don't know if you remember, but like movies, television was like Melrose Place, L.A. Like L.A. was like this Malibu. It was the place to be, you know. So all of a sudden, my mom was like, we're moving to L.A. So we we pack up everything, go to L.A. And the little public school that I was going to all of a sudden was like a big, giant public school. Mm -hmm. And now you have kids from like everywhere. And now as a kid, you're the new kid. So it's like your friends and your little bedrock that you had. Now that's smash. Now you're fresh, you're new. Nobody knows you. Whatever, right? What do you Just listen
0: to at this time, music wise? Shit, dude. I want to. I want to put people in that
1: a- a- era. The I mean, I was. Doing? I was still pretty young. I was like eight or nine years old. So I wasn't like a teenager. I was like. I was pretty young. So My like cartoons are on TV. Dragon Ball Z, that.
0: Dude, of <laughs> <laughs> They've always. They're still on fucking TV right now.
1: Dude, I mean, I remember. That's this like the
0: That's like roots. That's a, our roots. Dragon Ball Z Dragon for Mexicans.
1: Dragon Ball Z, bro. Dude,
0: that's a shit. I get it. I get yeah, it.
1: Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball Z. That's the thing. It's like it was in Mexico before it ever came to the U.S. And I remember like using getting uh, Canal Siete to watch it in Spanish. Yeah. Because then the U.S. one was all censored. But the Spanish one, they showed all the blood. Yeah, they would, they would get weak. And that they showed, like, the hands f- going through their bodies. We wouldn't give a fuck here.
0: <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't have any rating systems. Yeah, fuck that.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, so that's, you know, as a kid and then being in a new classroom. So you got to start making friends. And then I realized that the way to make friends is by making people laugh. So I kind of inherited... My dad's sense of humor. My mom also has a great sense of humor. And then I grew up with three brothers, so all we would do is just, just fuck, fuck with, with each other. other all the time. Yeah. Like, to a point where, like, you know, it doesn't stop until someone's crying. Yeah, we,
0: we call it, in, Mex, in Mexicans, call it carrilla.
1: Oh, I basically
0: the, ball busting. Oh, but the like worst ball real, busting. Wor, like, people don't realize how <laughs> horrible <laughs> Mexican brothers get with some of this carrilla shit. Like, we'll get. And 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 if Bad. and if you cry or complain about it, you're a pussy.
1: Yeah, you break it, you're gonna get it worse. When when the parents aren't looking, bro, you're gonna get. So this it. is the armor
0: you're building at home. This yes. body armor you're building at home. This, you know, not not taking yourself too seriously. I guess is one of the things that kind of gets taught to you, humbled like a motherfucker by your brothers, probably. Yeah. And now being in this weird, strange place, and humor is your weapon.
1: Yes. So dealing with that, going to L.A. public school, um, dealing with so many different backgrounds now, being from, yeah, it was, like, just trying to make people laugh. So that's what I would do is try to make people laugh, get everything, blah, blah, blah. So I finally did. You know, it was fun. I made some friends. And then, sure enough, back with the old Mexican shit, you know, after a while, your dad starts, like, trying to work things out with your mom. Like, hey, vieja, ven acá. So sh- then next year, we go back to Texas. My parents try to make it work again. Then they separate. It's the worst. Any family therapist would be like, You can't do this to you your kids. Kid. Mexican parents, it's the hey, mom and dad are back together. Now they're not.
0: This is going to make a great memory for you one day. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so literally, I was going to basically a new school every year. Because my parents were going through their shit, so you had
0: to adapt multiple times.
1: It it I'll tell you this: it fucked up my two older brothers. They became traviesos, dude. They started getting all shit. They started getting into drinking. So like, my brother got busted by the cops because like they 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 were were like eighteen, nineteen. So but they
0: were like DUIing and shit like that. Oh yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. They started getting so that started causing a lot of problems you know, in the household. And I started seeing it. I'm like, oh, going to court, going to bail out this person, going to bail out my bro, you know, dealing that. So now it's like, you know, I'm, at this point I'm like 12, 13, and like life is just fucking just taking a big shit on your childhood. And then this is the first time I actually see my mom like struggling financially. So, you know, my dad was still kind of making his money, but now my mom's using a lot of the child support to like bail out my brothers, doing a lot of that shit he would, you know, do all. So it's like all of a sudden there was a lot of turmoil. And at that point, I was just like, nah, I couldn't focus on school.
0: So I was yeah, getting so bad I, grades. Yeah.
1: So I would just do everything I could to pass. I would go to summer school and everything. And now that I talked to my therapist, I was like, yeah, I've never been into school. So I, t- I explained what happened in my childhood. And he was just like, yeah, there's no way any kid would do good in school. Yeah, <laughs> <So> <laughs> like, yeah you had a lot of so? shit
0: going on in your life. <laughs> yeah.
1: But the one thing that I could always was, like, the ace up my sleeve was just making people laugh. Were you
0: learning any of this from anybody? Did you watch any comedians, like, growing up? Did you have anybody that you're like, oh, that guy's, that guy's somebody funny that I need to kind of figure out?
1: Yeah, definitely. Cool. So early on... Um, you know, this is nice, so like Eddie Murphy was big. Yeah. You know, and then Def Jam, Def Jam comedy was big.
0: Th- that's a that's a thing, a weird thing for like we didn't have Latino comedians like or like No, either. not
1: at this point. Not at
0: this point. So w- but we could empathize with the
1: black comedians. Yes.
0: Because some of the shit they would say obviously was funny, but also like we're poor too. Like Yeah,
1: we're poor. Dude, that, that started to resonate with me. Yeah. That started resonating with me. It was like doing jokes about like, you know, your friend who's locked up. All of a sudden that becomes my brother. Yeah. And then when they call you like, hey, man, can you put some money on my books? I'm like, oh, I got those jokes at 13. Yeah. You know? Um, also, you know, dealing with a lot of the, you know, women, sexual. I've started seeing shit with my dad. So I started to identify with that as a young kid. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I started watching the Def Jam comedy stuff because it was on late at night. And then, you know, stand-up was big. You start watching it. You start connecting with it. So, yeah, I was watching, like, Eddie Murphy. I was watching Bernie Mac. I was watching a lot of the urban comics because, again, yeah, you relate to them. And then after a while, you start memorizing some of the routines, the jokes. So I did get – I got in trouble because I was, like, repeating a joke in school. And it was, like, a Bernie Mac joke where he, like, talks about, like, getting a blowjob. essentially. (laughs) And then all of a sudden she was like, What wait, what are you talking what? about? And, yeah. and obviously, you know, call my mom and everything. And then my mom's like, no, your
0: I'm kid's not- getting blowjobs at some point somewhere. This <laughs> kid's considered like, who's who's giving this kid blowjobs?
1: So then after a while, I was like, you know, went through high school. Um, at one point my mom goes, you know, you and your older brothers have just made a fucking mess of everything. So you and my young, you and your younger brother, which is my younger brother's uh, two years younger than me, both my mom and dad just was like, hey, we need to get together and just fucking run a tight ship on these two. Like, we, f- we fucked up with these two older ones. So let's
0: put let's all save the discipline these. in the world and let's on Let's save me and these two.
1: So at that point, uh, once we got into high school, which is like they were worried about that, my dad was like, you guys are going to live with me, and you're going to live under my rules. And that's when he got really strict strict on everything. Like, literally had to come home at a certain time, couldn't go to friends' houses, couldn't do a lot of shit. And it was like we were kind of living under this thing. And then after, like, two years of that, my dad started realizing, like, oh, you guys are you're not like your older brothers. Yeah, Because he would be, like, testing us. Yeah, So he would come home. And he was like, hey, guys, so let's let's go watch a movie. I was like, well, what movie? He was like, I don't know. Let's just go to the cinema. Let's see what's on. So I was like, OK. You know, it's Tuesday. I guess I'll go watch a movie. If I don't have to do homework, sure, let's do it. We get in the car, and then we immediately go to a drug test. Yes,
0: place. yes. I knew this was coming. Beautiful. <laughs> Great move. Solid move, dude. Solid move.
1: So, so we piss, go piss there. in a cup? Yeah. Oh, drug test. Comes out clean. Like, and then yeah, my dad's like, all right. And then he was, and then I, uh, me and my younger brother started getting interest in boxing. So we started I, I,
0: I would have failed. Yeah, you test. probably. <laughs> I would have fucking failed that test at my age, but.
1: No, I remember one time, um, he got my older brother, who you know he had gotten locked up, and you know for something minor like possession of weed, got out, and then he promised my dad he's been like six months sober and everything. And then one time my dad does the same thing, but with my older brother. And he was like, we're going, you know, we're going to go visit your theater." and then we go, and then we show up to the drug place, and my brother's like, no, dad, we don't need to do it. And he's, like, just sweating and like, ah, cabrón, ya sé ya que estás fumando mota otra vez. And that shit was like. It's, a, it's
0: great for, like, just thinking about it now. Like, our parents' worst nightmare <laughs> in the world is that their kids were sucking weed. Isn't that insane? Dude. He that generation, just, though.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah, Like weed was <sighs> like... They, they saw that... that uh, Mothers would break down in tears. ¿Estás
0: fumando mota?
1: Yeah, it was like a drama thing. they pull it out. Mira lo abajo tu cama, These,
0: these uh, <laughs> c- 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 Christian or Catholic pamphlets that I would get from my mom. Oh, yeah. And it would have this kid smoking weed in the streets, you know, just laying down on the ground. And then when you grow up, you're like... He was very relaxed. That's why he's laying on the ground like that. <laughs> he's just chilling. He's just chilling the fuck out. He doesn't give a fuck. He's up. literally hurting no one. No well, no one. The, the worst is probably his diet because he's going to eat a bunch of M&Ms probably. That's all that's going to happen. His teeth.
1: But he makes up with it with a caldo con. <laughs> caldo <laughs> de res. Yes. <laughs> yes.
0: Fuck. <laughs> great, great move by your dad, by the way. It's beautiful. Um,
1: so then after a while, my dad, you know, he just realized that me and my younger brother like, oh, you guys are not trying to... Fuck everything up. Yeah. So So he lays off? Yeah, he lays off. And then at this point, he just starts working in business where he's traveling. So me me and my brother, you know, in high school, we basically had a house to ourselves because he was just out working. So we just we just fucking went through just trying to finish high school because I knew I'm like. I don't want to go to college. I want to do comedy. I was already doing it. I was already like writing. I was already doing stuff like.
0: Where, where, where were you learning all this? with just basically blogs online. How how are no, you learning no, how to like, write? How do you learn how to write? And like, who's showing you all this? Is this something you're just picking
1: up? On your I was mind? just picking it up. I was just literally watching it. I started like write jokes. I had like whole notebooks. And in San Antonio, they had a comedy club. But I was like, I don't want to start here. I want to go to L.A. Like, I want to get out of here. Yeah. And I remember when I was a kid, you know, when I lived in L.A. with my mom for a little bit for a few years, I just knew it was like, I want to come back here older. Like, I want to experience this as an adult. Yeah. So that's exactly what I did, man. You finished and high school. I finished high school. I packed up everything in my Volkswagen and just fucking came to L.A. And then once I got here, what year is this. This is 2000, 2009? 2009. 2009.
0: Yeah. What's on the radio? <laughs> some bullshit.
1: It's not great. It's a, <laughs> it's it's not some bullshit. Great. It's like a lot of usher oh, um, yeah, yeah. Lil Little John, like popular yeah. radio. Yeah, yeah. rock John, music on everything. I'll tell you right now, the rock music is like, rock music was like jet. Remember yeah. Jet? Uh, Kings of Leon, dude. What
0: the fuck? Happened? It was a lot
1: of like Apple, Apple commercial, the iPod commercial music. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about with the silhouette dancing and
0: horrible shit. Yeah, that's, it was. That's not... why we were punished by God with COVID, after <laughs> because we we had it too good, I guess. Or horrible. I don't know.
1: It was not great. I was always into. I finally got into some of the shit that my brother, because they were potheads, so they would listen to like a lot of rock music. And then my one brother got into like crazy '90s hip hop. Yeah which was big. Yeah. So he was listening to, like, Dre, the early, the first Chronic album, NWA, eazy um, and then Eminem just exploded. Remember when Eminem just came out of nowhere? Yeah. With, so, so my brother was just playing that. So, you know, you get influenced by music from your older siblings. Yeah. So I had one brother that was all about hip-hop, and then my other brother was all about rock, and started listening to, like, Soundgarden. I got big into that. Dude, and when I was in eighth grade – I had a Soundgarden album Dude. cover on my binder. Soundgarden. <laughs> Holy shit. I love Chris Cornell. So I was like, I got, I got obsessed with Soundgarden. I started playing guitar. So it was like, I was always kind of creative. And it was just trying to find the right
0: medium. Medium. Or, yeah. So
1: comedy is something that I gravitated towards because I love making people laugh. And then music was something that was kind of a way to escape.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. For me, for me, music is always, and I always ask about it. Yeah, because it's it has a time machine effect as well. Yes, like when you think about a song in a time, you don't remember the reason that song, the reason that was everywhere. Who was that? Yes, you know, I'm not a perfect per. That shit, yes, is a time machine. I go back to a time in my life when I was hunting people. With
1: that, people are like, "Yeah, do you remember that song?" Sake.
0: Yeah, that I was hunting people with that song.
1: You're like, "Yeah, I was taking gunfire." Yeah, that song. I was trying to figure and out. Other, and then some other guy was like, "Yeah, I listened to that song to get over a breakup." You're like, "No, yeah, I got over that no, because I, was, I got a concussion." I was trying
0: to figure from out from getting butted trying, with a
1: rifle. I was
0: trying to figure <laughs> out how to pick out a piece of my back molar <laughs> that somebody knocked out with a bat. Um, uh. So you are in LA. So this, I finally this, get to
1: LA. This is the dream. This is it. This is
0: all of the life trauma. Has been creating humor in you as a defensive mechanism. Yes,
1: <laughs> and, and then you're about to use it there. I, I was like, and again, I was a ball buster because I grew up in a Mexican household of brothers, and I was like trying to find comedy. And then I remember watching this uh, documentary um, about comedians, which with Vince Vaughn with like Sebastian, like those guys were super young. And then one of them talked about getting an agent. So like, oh, just get an agent. Like, yeah. I just thought it was so easy. I oh, just
0: get just hire pay this person to figure out. Gigs. Just get an
1: agent. Yeah. And, like, they'll they'll guide me. So I started, I literally, you know, did the whole L.A., like, get my pictures taken. And then I started going to agencies and just dropping off my photos. And I didn't know you weren't supposed to do that.
0: No, you're not supposed to do that. Why not? Why, why not exactly. take that direct act, action?
1: And, you know, dealing with my dad, I'm like, fucking cross the border or everything. You just go out and do what you figure, want. Yeah,
0: you figure it out yourself. It was
1: very immigrant approach. So I was like, well, I want an agent, so I'm going to go find one. So I literally just got this book, which they used to have a, a, a books an, an actor's bookstore on Sunset called Sam French. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Samuel French. Okay. I walked in there. There's literally a book called Agencies, yellow book. You buy it, bought it, went, highlighted a couple of them. I wouldn't have bought it. I
0: would have ripped the page out as a Mexican, <laughs> but yeah, okay, sure.
1: Okay, that that was my white side. That's I fine, that's fine, I get it. Side. You had to buy it, yeah. Yes, support the arts. So then I go... And I just started dropping off headshots. And a lot of people were like, you can't drop it off. I was like, all right, well, I'll go to the next one that lets me drop it off. So I kept doing that and doing that. And one time, I like knock on this. I buzz, in West Hollywood, on Santa Monica, this agency. I buzz their buzzer. And the secretary comes on. She's like, what's your name? I was like, oh, my name is Brian. I'm just here to drop off my headshot. And she was like, do you have an appointment with an agent? I was like, no. And she just buzzed me in. Cool. So I buzz in, and she was like, I walk in. She's like, where are you from? I, was, I told her. I was like, I'm from San Antonio, uh, you know, from Texas. I just moved here last month. And she was like, you know, you're not supposed to do this. Like, she just straight up told me. Yeah. She's like, you have to mail them. And I'm like, well, can I just drop it off? I'm already here. And she was like, okay. And then all of a sudden, this dude comes from the back, and he's like on a phone call. It's like classic Hollywood. He's on a phone call. He comes in from the back. And he was just like, came to say something to the secretary. He was like, yeah, can you tell him that I'm here? And then, he just, and then he like looks at me and he was like, who are you? And I'm like, oh, my name is Ryan Torres. And I just kind of did my little spiel again. He was like, what are you doing here? I was like, well, oh, I'm just here to drop off my child. He's like, you're an actor? I was like, yeah. Sure. And I just said, sure, sure, I'm an actor. And he goes, all right, come into my office. <laughs> so I go into the office and then I walk out with an agent. Yes. <laughs> just very Mexican style. Yeah, yeah, I figure it out. yeah. That's beautiful. So I did that, and that was kind of like, oh, all of a sudden, it's like, yeah, I have an agent now. Yeah. I'll tell you one thing really funny, too. When I first moved to L.A., and this is something that nobody knows, and I love how things change. When I first moved to L.A., Scientology was, like, huge. Yeah,
0: Yeah. e-meters and shit. I love that. Cool.
1: It was huge. But back then, it was was like... No no, no
0: exposés had come out.
1: No exposés. And back then, it was like a lot of, like, the... Liberal left people like were like, I'm not joking, they were like literally like saying how great it was. Like I knew a lot of people that would defend it. They're like, oh, you know, it's not, it's not a cult. It's this, this, and this. It's a cult. And here's the thing. I didn't know any of this. Yeah.
0: You were like, what did you think they were?
1: I didn't know what it was. I knew it was like something weird. At this point, I think the South Park episode had come out. So I just thought it was quirky, but I didn't know what it was. Like, I didn't know it was at the Celebrity Center. I thought it was, like, in this, like, church that would just say Scientology. Yeah. So I'll tell you a quick story, right? I I got this actor's newspaper, and on the, on the newspaper, it just tells you where you can find classes or auditions and shit. And I saw one that said a free actor's workshop for, like, TV actors. I was like, I want to get on cool, TV. Yeah. So I go to it. And it was at the Celebrity Center. And I thought, oh, this place is cool. Like, it's a place for, like, artists. I thought it was, like, an artist's place.
0: Did they put, like, a Magneto helmet on you? <laughs> what, what happened to you?
1: It was so chill. It was, it was quiet? Was, it was chill. Everyone is super nice.
0: Suspicious.
1: Um, they give you, uh, they, gave, they were giving away, like, free food and drinks, like, sodas and, you know, suspicious. water. Like, yeah. Very suspicious. So I get that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm an, at this point, I'm a 19-year-old kid. So I'm like, cool, free food when you're 19 and you're living on your own? Yeah. I'm there, man. I'm
0: getting up a duffel bag and filling it up. Yes.
1: So I go, and then sure enough, they put us into this room, and we're all there for the actor's workshop. It was like me and like 10 other idiots who fell for the scam. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, three people come out. And one of them's like a guy. I feel like I've seen him on TV before. I was like, oh, this guy looks familiar. He's like one of the, you know when you see an actor, like yeah, yeah. I see that, I know yeah. that face, but I don't know his name. Yeah, it was one of those guys. And he starts talking about like acting. He's like, yeah, when you want first want to get into the business, you got to do this. And it was like ten minutes speech. All of a sudden, this dude in a suit walks in, and he starts explaining to us about how. Being an artist is not really about like getting to business unless you're like well adjusted. Yeah. Yeah. And he starts to... telling us about like how you have to be well adjusted as a person and there's impurities and there's evil thoughts that kinda yeah, and Did all that. That's my... when the
0: magneto <laughs> helmet comes out. <laughs>
1: it oh, came yeah. down from the ceiling. <laughs>
0: what is it? Like an e-meter or something. I don't know. Like, but but basically are, are they trying to explain?
1: And here's the thing. This is, this is where the Mexican comes in because you're like, oh, man. Like is, your yeah, bullshit yeah. meter starts going off. Yeah, you know, yeah, the Mexicans are like, what's going on? This doesn't feel right. Yeah, Everyone else was so into it.
0: Well, yes, yeah, this makes so much sense.
1: And I was like, yeah, oh,
0: the midi Yeah, this makes so much. Oh, wait, I don't know if they believe in that. That's Some, Star Wars. Something, something like that. Like, they don't believe in. T-
1: I, I, I get it. Something so, with the Wookiee, I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah, something about space volcano. I don't know, but they're explaining this to you. So guys. they're starting
1: to say, and then my my bullshit meter starts going Sp- off. The me-
0: me- so Mexican spider, t- like somebody's trying to scam me out of my money, <laughs> <laughs> is what that's based on. Yes. As Mexicans, because we're always trying to figure shit out. You know, like this, uh, a dude that I, at the Costco here in Tijuana got a got a, got a uh, oven door inside of a box for a TV sold to him. You know. <laughs> And oh. I was like, I could have seen that shit from a mile away.
1: An oven door with a Dude, TV it, box. Dude,
0: brilliant! It's brilliant, though. <laughs> but that's where it comes from for us. But you are there with your Mexican spider sense tingling. Like these motherfuckers want to scam me out of some money or some shit like that.
1: Yeah, but they everybody- saw me young, so they were like, "Oh, a young, naive kid." And they and they saw me, they're like, "Young Hispanic, kind of tall." They're like, "This kid's gonna be a perfect sales tool." So they were like giving me a lot of attention. Like, how old are you? Nineteen. When I was like, I was like fresh fish for them dude i was like hold you 19 where are you from texas oh small town um he's mexican-american they see me fresh face they're like do you have uh, like where your parents i'm like oh they all they all live in texas and mexico somebody writing all this shit down yeah they were asking me questions and then i realized what's
0: your adrenochrome count uh
1: they're like why'd you move here i was like well i want to be a comedian and an actor and dude it was like i was like a fret, like how you sink to fish they they were I, I was they were reeling me in. Well, you but my well, bullshit you, well, meter. you was were going stealing
0: all these sodas and snacks and like
1: Yeah, have to get, get it back.
0: Your bullshit is. You it's
1: going it. off, and then I realized, um, you know, my dad, you know, he's a business guy, so he, you know, he kind of taught me some sales techniques. So I know how to like I know sales talk when I hear it. When someone's like asking you a lot of questions that end with the word yes, they're like, "Hey Ed, you know, are you tired from time to time?" Yes. Everyone's tired from time to time. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah.
0: Unless you it, do a lot of coke. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, I get it. I get it. You, so you it's like a lot of those questions. Positive, but he yes, was yes. So these
1: are the questions. He's like, you know, have you ever felt like you have big dreams, but there are things that are stopping you from achieving them? That's everybody. Yeah. <laughs> but, th- but also, how did you know? Also, exactly.
0: How the fuck did you know that? So about? he's
1: asking these questions. He's like, do you ever feel like, you know, you could use some extra help? to to help get you to your dreams and it's like yeah everyone could use extra help you know so he's asking a lot of these questions everyone's saying yes and I'm just kind of staying quiet because at this point I'm like bullshit meters brruh, brruh, beeping and then finally he goes to me and he was just like what about you you don't feel these things I'm like well honestly I, I mean I'm I'm okay like I feel like I'm doing good I just moved here you know I'm I'm doing all right I was like I'm sure I may encounter that in the future but right now I'm good. And then he calls me out. He's like, well, you know, a lot of us can be honest with ourselves here. And, you know, some of us could, you know, be lying to ourselves. To me. So I was like, oh, shit. I'm like, this is, I just saw yeah. their happy facade. All of a sudden just gets yeah. serious. Yeah. And now I'm like shitting my pants. Yeah. These... I was like, oh, boy. And then afterward, so he goes, okay, at this point, everyone, let's move to a different room. So everyone stands up. They're like, we just have one more thing and then you guys could head out. And they were going to take us to a separate room. I get up, and they go, no, you stay, Brian.
0: Yeah. You, you can't see the machine <laughs> or, or, the, or the helmet. You you don't deserve the, the, the you know, the Magneto helmet.
1: No, they had, like, a whole metal bodysuit for me. Like, it wasn't just a helmet. It was like a whole, we're going to tra- terraform your ass. <laughs> <laughs> we must mold him. Yeah. So I, the, everyone leaves, and it's just me in the room with four dudes in suits, and they start talking to me and they're like, Brian, you know, we feel like you're someone who could be a big figure in this industry. And they start saying, and they start just feeding me bullshit and I was like, and at this point I'm just like, I need to get the fuck yeah, out of here. Yeah, this is a cult. Yes. Because I saw them shift. Yeah. And then my Mexican stuff came out. I was like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm Catholic, you know, I'm Christian. I, I don't believe in what you guys believe in because I started seeing the Scientology pamphlets start coming out. They're like, oh, no, no, you could be that. That's fine. And I'm like, you know what? Honestly, I really need to go because I'm supposed to be meeting a friend right now. Anyways, I'm already 10 minutes late, and they're supposed to meet me. Um, they have a project they want me to help them on, so I'm trying to get out. They're like, "No, no, no, it's okay. Like, we're not going to keep you much longer."
0: This and is I was a like, guy "I
1: prepping the the needle thing." Dude, I I literally started looking around because they I, shut I, the I would door. Have, I would have
0: looked at the bottom of the whatever I was drinking <laughs> to see if there was something bubbling in there or some shit like that. <laughs> Yeah, this is, That's scary. I'm getting scared. It's
1: scared. a 19-year-old kid with four adults in suits inside of a room Neo. where they shut the door. You're fucking Neo. These I'm scared as hell yes. right now. Yeah. So finally, I'm like, I'm like look, I'm, I really just would like to go because I have to leave. And they were like, no, 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 it's okay. We just, want, we just want to take you, we just want to show you one thing. It's a quick video, and then you can leave. So when they come and they bring this woman to escort me, I noticed that she's Hispanic. So she's a Latina. Yeah, yeah. So they're like, just follow her, and she'll take you to the other room. So as soon as she grabs me, right, she, like, grabs me by the arm, and I pull it back, and I'm like, ¿habla Spanish. And she's like, sí, sí hablo español. I'm like, si no me deja ahí, lo voy a llamar a la policía. Los voy a reportar. Me están secuestrando. And as soon as she heard that word, she's like, no, 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 te ir. you can leave. Yeah. She got, she freaked out when she I said, out, yeah. for those who don't speak Spanish, it's <laughs> if you don't let me leave, I'm going to call the cops because you're kidnapping me. Yeah. And she fl- she freaked out. So I literally just bolted, walked straight to my car. As I'm walking out, I could hear like, Brian, come back. Just one thing. And then I'm like, nope, I'm gone. I just kept walking. I literally did not turn. I got out of there. And then after that, I was like, fuck, welcome to L.A., dude. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was close. <laughs> That was close. That was After close. that, I was like, I gotta, if I'm going to do this shit, I got to do it on my own. I can't try to take shortcuts. I can't try to find free anything. So from there, I just literally started finding what I could as far as comedy goes. Um, I found out that you could sign up for open mics, started doing open mics, started going to auditions. My agent started sending me out, and so, I kind of so just started building my resume yeah, through that.
0: that. That whole open mic thing, I mean... Like I was recently told about that. You should do an open mic. And I and I have. <laughs> oh shit, have. really? Yeah. How'd it go? It great. You know, I told a horrible story about a donkey. Um, <laughs> but
1: every Mexican knows that story. Yeah, but, <laughs> but, but, the but moment you say Mexican and a donkey, there's a it was There's a, a there's a traumatized woman on the other end of that. It's a,
0: it's, a, it's, a, <laughs> it's a famous story that I'm known for with donkeys. Maybe I'll get into it. Um, but for me, it was about confidence and being able to speak. With a crowd and also being able to know, you know, you gain timing, you gain feeling and energy of a crowd. You gain yes. basically how to, how to be entertaining, of course, but also how to be able to ride that wave that a crowd will give you. Yes. And there's no, you can't buy a book and learn this shit. There's yet. no
1: simulation. You got to just jump in. It's
0: like a skydiving. I mean, you can go into a wind tunnel, but none of the shit that you're actually going to experience is going to be like jumping out What of it really plane. is. So when you were doing these open mics were you taking like
1: I was taking huge Ls. Yeah. Yeah. I was I was getting wrecked early on. And I had I had something that I've heard other comedians have where it's like you have your beginner's luck open mic. Yeah, yeah. So at this point I'm like I was like I just turned 20. I did my first open mic. I did it at this place in Santa Monica. And I didn't realize how good the crowd was. I thought it was always that good. Yeah. But it was an anomaly. So
0: so when you say how good the crowd is, the crowd was open to laughing. Yes. And was friendly to you. And And listening. And not judgmental or, yeah, or distracted or fucking hostile. Yes. Right? Hostile.
1: And when you're starting out, you kind of memorize your jokes like you would like a monologue. Yeah. Like you don't say it. you You, You kind of memorize it. And you practice it, you don't, and f- if you're a douchebag like me, you say it in the mirror while looking to yourself and like, "Oh, this facial expression will sell this part better, yeah,
0: because it's it's a profession, so you have to be that's a lot that's a- so that's a lot of things that people don't know about comedians I mean it's work that people see somebody being funny on stage that works on their fucking material, that's a lot of fucking work it's
1: a lot of work
0: it's a lot of fucking work expressed in the matter of a few minutes,
1: and I think it's it's kind of like a boxing ring where it's like people see through bullshit right away. Yeah, yeah.
0: If you're not confident, they'll smell it. Or if they'll you're not Your opponent sure.
1: will smell it. They'll, they'll knock your head off. Can
0: you remember a joke, that like a, like a specific moment that you just died inside on stage?
1: Yeah. So let me tell you, I used to do a joke, which is just like this. I'll do the joke. Why not? Sure. Um... I did a joke early on where I talked about how my whole thing was, like, uh, Asian women are the only ones that don't turn into cougars. Like, there's not hot, older Asian MILFs, really. I was like, you see that with other races. You don't really see that with Asian. I was like, because, like, one minute they go from, you know, hot, sexy, wearing a schoolgirl outfit, like... (laughs) Giggling and and then before you know it, they turn into the woman at the cleaners. Like, oh, you want more starch? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like there's not like they're either one or the other. There's not like a hot like Asian milf stereotype that you see.
0: It's like their version of the babushka bomb,
1: right? (laughs) So my punchline was like, yeah, Asian women don't turn into cougars; they turn into pandas, which is pretty crude early. It's funny. <laughs> so it
0: still gets a laugh. It's pretty great.
1: So that was my punchline, and you know when you're a young kid full of energy and testosterone, women see that and they just fucking just hate it when you're just talking about what they oh. look like. When I, so I remember at the first open mic I did, it got a huge laugh, and yeah. I was like, "Oh man, I'm funny." Yeah. And then I did it at another open mic. And I do the same way, and I'm I sell it with everything, and I'm not reading the crowd at all because I don't have this skill built at all. Yeah, I realize they're not they're not on board for this at all. But in my mind, I'm like I'm going through it, and they're gonna laugh at this part. Blah.
0: Yeah, because it's happened before.
1: So I go to the punch. I'm like, Asian women don't turn to cookies; they turn to pandas. Quiet, and this woman goes, "Oh no, shit." <laughs> and I lo- and I look in the audience, and it's it's all. Older women. They're not into any of and this And guess what? This is the ultimate Achilles heel. Of I, mean. I didn't realize I was at a lesbian bar. Yes, yes. Older, feminist, that, lesbians That should be the fucking
0: Agobi. <laughs> that should be where all comics go. Just figure out how to make Old
1: them. lesbians in L.A., and they see a young 20-year-old kid just make, joking make, about... Women's looks when they, they get just, old they just hated me.
0: Did you get, did you get any hissing in
1: this? No, <laughs> no. No. I got oh no. Oh no. That's almost worst. That's almost worst. And I didn't acknowledge it, which is even worse. <laughs> I didn't I went into my next denial? joke. Just denial. Just walk through it. And I was like, okay. I was like, yeah. Um, so the other day, just and it's even and I was it's just, even worse. Oh no.
0: It's you're just sinking. Dude.
1: Can I tell you my worst bomb ever? Sure, sure, sure. This is the worst bomb I've ever done. This was so at this point I'm like twenty-three, so I've been doing stand-up for about three years, right? Yeah. Um, which is still very young. And I'm 23, which I'm a I'm a child, you know. Yeah. And I'm doing this show, and I've kind of built some momentum. Like, you know, I'm doing a little bit of road work at this point. I'm emceeing. I'm featuring somewhat, And I'm, like, kind of starting to get a little bit. And I'm like, oh, I'm kind of funny. And people are like, hey, this dude's funny. And, you know, so it's going good. And then uh, a friend of mine uh, was like, hey, dude, you want to do a spot at the J spot? They actually pay pretty good. It's like 80 bucks. I don't know if you remember the J spot. It was by LAX. It's an all-black comedy club. Okay. Right. All Black Comedy Club, um, and it's a particular type of Black Comedy Club where I've never been in a comedy club, and you could ask any other comics from this era where they literally put a—you have to walk through a metal detector. Yeah, to yeah. To get in.
0: Yeah, I can figure my
1: way around. You know? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, if I if I'd have I'd known you, I, I'd tell you how. But anyway, so you're you're in this fucking comedy Basically, club. Basically, yeah. It has like, a metal detector because probably people have brought guns in there before. I would say so. Maybe shot at a com
1: cool context clues. Ed. This, is, this, yes. is, this is this is where you're going. <laughs> so we're going, and it's the early show on a Friday, which I think they used to do like a six o'clock, six thirty show. Okay. Which is like a terrible time for comedy. Yeah,
0: nobody's nobody's drunk yet. Nobody's
1: drunk. <laughs> nobody's on board. I go in, there's maybe five people in the audience, the show's supposed to start at 6.30, it's 7.15, the MC has not gone up yet, the MC is like an old school, black. I don't even remember his name, he was an old school smooth brother, (laughs) you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And you're like, hey man, what's your name, you're on the lineup? I'm like, yeah, and everyone knows each other, I'm the new kid, I'm young, Latin, I'm not, you know. He's just like, what's your name? I was like, hey man, i my name is Brian. He's like, where you from, man? I was like, San Antonio. He's like, all right, San Antonio. You Spurs fan? I'm like, yeah, man. You know, it Tim Duncan, like that. So we, he's kind of cool with me. And he's like, all right, man. I'm gonna do like 10 minutes up top. I'm gonna bring you up. I was like, all right. Then all of a sudden, the lights go down all the way. And then I just see there's been a um, a projector the whole time going off. Yeah. All of a sudden, there's a movie that's flashing on the projector. And it's a music video, and it's a music video that's, like, a civil rights music video. And they start playing stuff about, like, the Trayvon Martin riots, and it's, like, fists in the air, black power, everything's going off, and I'm just, like, what is this? And it starts playing, like, you know, Tupac, and it's, like, a compilation, and then finally at the end, it's the logo of the club, which I'm like what the fuck? how was that gonna get people ready for comedy
0: they're ready for the rage against the machine concert maybe or some cool <laughs> shit like that Not i'm like that.
1: yeah we're i was like are we about to go flip over a police car yeah. at this point like that's what i'm ready to do and again you, do you remember the whole trayvon martin thing where it's like the guy who shot him he was like also latino kind of yeah we don't try to claim it but yeah but he was, <laughs> I mean, he was but he was, a proud guy. He, was a, he was a proud guy he was a proud guy it's
0: fine
1: yeah. <laughs> he was a proud dude So I was like,
0: the enemy is about to
1: show up. And this is the arrogant part of me. I was like, oh, that'll be my lead in joke.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you'll (laughs) use it. I'll use this. I'll use this somehow.
1: Yeah. (sighs) Fuck it. Yeah, sure. Ooh. You couldn't. This was not the best move, Ed. No. So now I feel like I couldn't navigate. But back then, I was like 23, of like, oh, this will be my lead in joke. I'll talk about the Trail Amarn thing and I'll go into my set. I. The host doesn't get my name right. He calls me Antonio because I was from San Antonio. Like, give it up for your first comic, Antonio.
0: Sure, you're Antonio. So I was like, all
1: right, now I'm Antonio. I go up, and then I comment. I'm like, man, dude, I'm like, after that video, man, I'm like, I, I, I was like, I'm glad I brought my strap here, you know, and just trying to do a quick bit. I'm like, I'm not even, I'm not even white, but I was like, but I kind of look like, what's his name, who shot Trayvon? And then all of a sudden, they just pull back.
0: Ooh, you can feel the air.
1: I lost them, and from that point on, I had 15 minutes to do comedy. Fuck, it's ice. It's and not only did ice. I lose them, I shut them down. Damn. And I look into the crowd, and again, this is also another... kill.
0: This is one of those moments where I wouldn't want to be able to look at the crowd. I just I want was, that gunshot to come out of nowhere.
1: I <laughs> literally was just like, I wanna get out of here. Yeah. I've never felt that in comedy before. That's a that's a moment. But when you're when you're paid, you have to do your time. Yeah. That's another thing. It's like, dude, bombing at an open mic, five minutes, I could take that on the chin. I could bomb for eight, ten minutes, fifteen minutes in front of a real club awesome. with real people, and you have to do your time. Otherwise you're not getting paid and I'm just there. And I'm just trying to go through my jokes and it's getting nothing. And there's one point where a dude just stands up and just walks straight to the bottom. But he was right in the front row, he stands up, and he goes, Ugh. oh, dude. And just walks. And I'm just, and I'm like forgetting punchlines. I'm forgetting setups. I am just da da dying. I get off, the host goes up. And he goes, I don't know what the fuck that was. And the crowd just starts laughing, dude. And he just does like six, seven minutes just destroying me. Yeah. And I'm sitting in the back waiting for my check. Yeah. <laughs> and at this point, I'm like, I don't need the money. But mm-hmm. I did need the yeah, money. Yeah, I needed, was 23. <laughs>
0: you needed that money.
1: I was like, I was like, I'm gonna buy groceries with this $80, which is what I was gonna do. <laughs>
0: That's a death right there.
1: And I just remember. The dude, when he hands me my check, and he was just like, there you go, man. Like, basically being like, I don't want to fucking give you this money at all. But here you go. And I get into my car, bro, and I was just like, I fucking just ate it bad. (laughs) The next day, my boy calls me, and he's like, Dude, what the fuck happened? I got a call from the owner. (laughs) He's like, he's told me to never recommend another comic again. I was like, I'm sorry, bro. And I explained what happened to him. And he was like, what the fuck were you thinking, dude? I'm like, I don't know, man. (laughs) But that was like, after that, I was like.
0: (sighs) That was a death. If you can survive that, though.
1: Yeah. And then, by the way, that's when you realize, too, where you're like, Uh. the black and land culture on TV they always want to project us as like being tight knit. Like, I love how the media projects like all minorities are super tight knit with each yeah. other. Yeah,
0: we're like, we think we're like the uh, fucking Captain Planet kids or some shit like that. We're not. <laughs> we're not at all that. No,
1: dude. I mean, look, uh, being a hundred percent honest, like, dude, with with Mexicans and everything, there's 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 a racial divide there. Trust me, I've I've been I've been chewed out by black people because of being mexican and i've heard mexicans go at black people and it's like there is a cultural divide there yeah definitely which is like now when i see stuff like on the media and stuff and i'm like look we're doing better than we've done in the past but is this this ain't the captain plan. like yeah you said, but this we're, isn't we're the, no,
0: there is no powers this combined. isn't the
1: community college yeah, we're, like fight the power together like no it's we're not gonna we're not gonna combine our
0: powers with our rings yeah
1: <laughs> And that's the one thing. When you go into a black comedy club, like, you got to earn the respect quick. And if you don't earn it within the first 20, 30 seconds, You're they gone. write
0: you off. You're gone.
1: So it's like after that, I really worked hard to to get funny in front of all crowds.
0: That was your death? It was the death. That's We all have to have one. And that,
1: that one was brutal. It's a brutal death. But the good thing is you... Once you get through that shit,
0: Lazarus shit. He's fucking saying Lazarus. And then
1: now you're like, I'm not intimidated by any of this shit now. Yeah. Now it's like, all right, let's do it. You know, I do rooms in Brooklyn, I do rooms in the Bronx, I do rooms in Harlem, and you're like, all right, dude, I've seen the worst of the worst. And then you jump in, but that's that. You need that pedigree.
0: Man, that is. That is a. (laughs) That's why there. That's a scary experience. But that's exactly you need that therapy. You you need that. uh, You need that death. I always call them those deaths when you fail so fucking hard.
1: So, Ed, let me know when you're ready to do the chase mod. (laughs) Figure that out. (laughs) Now that you're doing open mics.
0: I'll figure that out. I I could probably make them laugh, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Horrible Mexican jokes. I'll figure that out.